What's up, everybody? I am back. I know I took a hiatus last week. I was super, super, super busy. I'm still super busy now, but I got to make time for the people who actually support and listen to me. I thank you guys so much. And today's topic, this is a topic I may have discussed in a previous episode, but here we are at episode 41. I got to throw another round of applause in for that real quick. Episode 41, we are here. Excuse me. Episode 41, we are here. And I mentioned, we're going to talk about a topic that I mentioned or talked about before. And that's actually what, I mean, well, what that actually is, is wanting the best for less. Good for nothing. That's what I call this episode. Good for nothing. Not because you're worthless, but because some clients want the good for nothing. I mean, the other day I literally saw a job posting and let me get my piece of paper out. It said, I am looking for an, no, I'm sorry. Let me uh, read it exactly. It says amateur photographer needed looking for a photographer for three or four quick professional shots. I'll read that one more time just so you can absorb it and Feel it from my perspective, even though you may not be a photographer, you know, you know, I always say you're clothing designer, uh, painter, artist, singer, songwriter, whatever, just substitute me being a photographer for what your profession is. It again, it says amateur photographer needed amateur needed looking for a photographer for three or four quick professional shots. I just ball that up and throw that in the trash because that's straight up trash. What that means to me, what it should mean to you, it should be very obvious. They want professional quality photos, but they want to pay amateur prices. That's all they're looking for. You got to look at the wordplay there, you know, because they know when they've reached out to professionals because they've seen some professional work somewhere which caught their attention and that's what they want. But then when they see the price tag that comes along with professional quality work, they're like, oh man, I can't afford this. But I know there's somebody out there with a camera that wants to be a photographer that wants to try to be as good and I they can practice on me. I can let them practice on me and I'll pay them just a couple of bucks just so they could feel like they're not being used. But ultimately, that's what you're trying to do. That's what the client is trying to do. I'm looking for amateur photographer, which means low rates, because amateur photographer is trying to make a name for himself, trying to establish himself or herself. So they're looking for an amateur photographer, but they want the quality work. So that also tells me that they probably had an iPhone or Android or even a Google Pixel phone that takes good pictures. And they thought, I don't need a photographer. I'll just go ahead and use my camera to take these good pictures. And then, like I've said to many people many times before, cameras take great pictures for camera phone usage. Just sharing with the family and friends and sharing online. When you take those camera phone photos and send them to a professional like myself, and I load those pictures into Photoshop, once I zoom in on those pictures, the quality degradation is mind-blowing. When you uh, put it on a small screen, you're like, okay, this is usable, this is doable. As soon as you blow it up to look at the detail or do some retouching like I do, you know, little minor corrections here, dark circles around the eyes, so on and so forth. When that picture blows up and you get to see the actual quote-unquote quality, 
you realize that the quote unquote quality isn't there. So with this particular client, they probably started with an iPhone or an Android or a Google Pixel and thought, yeah, this looks great. And then they took it at home. They took it home, uh, put it on their big uh, screen computer or even on their TV. And they're like, whoa, what happened to the great picture quality? Yeah, your phone or your tablet is only what, 10 to maybe 14 inches at best. But my computer monitor, what I edit on is 22 inches. And then I have a professional monitor on the side of that. That's 26 inches. So imagine taking that small, low grade picture that looked excellent on your phone and blowing it up on your big monitor and realizing that the quality just isn't there. So then after thinking to yourself, oh, I got it made. I just took some pictures. I didn't have to pay a photographer. You look at that picture. You're like, oh, snap, this sucks. And I can't go to an audition or submit my portfolio picture to my job from a camera phone. It's just not good enough quality. It's just not going to work. And it's not going to match the image quality of the professional photos on the job website. So then you come looking for people like myself. Well, not like me because I'm a professional and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because this is my profession. I've been doing it for 16 plus years and this is my career. This is what I do. So you come looking for a person like me, then you realize the price is a little bit too high, but I've said many years before, invest in yourself. You know, you take that headshot. I mean, if it's just for the job website and that's your career, you're going to be there for a while. If you don't change your look that often, that photo will carry you for years and it's quality that'll carry you for years. So you look for a person like me, then you realize, oh, that's a little bit out of my budget. I can't afford that, but you still want the good uh, quality. So there, there comes the slick talk. I'm looking for an amateur with professional photos. I mean, come on, man. It's like saying, uh, 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 dry ice. I mean, <laughs> or, or, uh, uh, dry water or something like that. You know, it's like, come on, man. Like how you want an amateur to give you professional work, you know? And then if you do hire said amateur and the work doesn't come out as professional as you thought, now you're upset because you paid for an amateur and you didn't get the results that you're looking for. Now you end up having to pay twice. You paid the amateur, lost money because you didn't get the quality. Now you got to pay for a pro and then you'll get the quality that you want. But because you tried to cut corners, there you go. You know, and let me just uh, go off on a short tangent really quick. Me and my neighbor, we're, you know, into cars. We just like cars, not necessarily full on show cars, but um, we just like the upkeep of our cars. I like the upkeep of my car. Plus, I like good quality sound systems in my car. I used to compete in sound uh, car stereo sound systems uh, over 20 years ago. And here it is. I tried to fight the feeling, but hey, man, I still love it. Boys in our toys. What you going to do, right? So I put this elaborate system in my car. And initially, I tried to go the cheap route and just buy the low end of every component that I needed. Low end stereo, low end speakers, low end amplifier, low end power cables, all that stuff. I ended up replacing all that stuff. And it sucks for me because here I am talking about the amateur or the uh, the client that wants an amateur photographer, but professional results when I did the exact same thing in my car with my car stereo. And then my neighbor, you know, he uh, likes to use factory parts, but then you see some aftermarket parts, aftermarket parts work just as good as a factory or almost as good as a factory. And you get to save a buck. But the harsh reality is aftermarket parts just don't cut the mustard. 
Only time I'm going to put an aftermarket part on my car is if I'm planning on selling the car and it's going to be good enough. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm being shady because the aftermarket part will work, but it won't work as good as the factory fresh part. You just have to pay that extra. Just like if you want professional photos, you have to pay that extra. So I digress and bring it back to the initial, uh, the, the, the meaning of this post, the, uh, the reason behind this, uh, podcast rather professional work. You have to pay for the results that you're looking to get. There's no workaround. There's no camera phone that's going to be good enough. That's ever going to match the quality of a professional DSLR camera. It's just not going to happen. You know, the camera phones, they come out every year. They come out uh 60 trillion billion pixels. Oh, now I got 120 billion trillion pixels, all those pixels. But have you ever thought about the camera sensor itself? That's what the picture is captured on the camera sensor. There's no way you're going to fit a DSLR size camera sensor inside a inside a camera phone. The camera set the, the sensor inside the camera phone is about as big as your thumb, thumbnail, your actual thumbnail that big. Whereas the, the sensor in a DSLR can be almost as big as your palm. You know, it's going to collect more data. Therefore, when you blow the picture up, it's still going to look good. It's not going to look all grainy and pixelated, but a lot of people don't understand that. I just, just finished the contract. I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking about this morning as I'm recording this podcast. I just finished the contract with a client that needed some photos updated for their company website. All the photos that she sent me were taken with a camera phone. And I had to retouch them as best I possibly could to make them look as best they possibly could so they could use them on their website. The only thing that saved her in the photos for that website is the photos were going to be used. They were saved for web. So if you know anything about saving photos on your computer, you can save them at full quality, high resolution JPEG, or you can save them for the web, which is really small to be like, it could be like 20%, 25%, 10% of the picture size, but it'll be compressed for web usage. So when you click on it, it still looks good on the web. It doesn't look all compressed and pixelated and grainy and messed up like that. So if you take a bad grainy camera phone picture or even a good camera phone picture, it's still not going to match the DSLR. But even if you take a good DSLR, I mean, a good camera phone picture, and compress it and save it for web, it can look really good on the website. And that's what I was able to do for her, you know, and <clears throat> excuse me. And when I was negotiating the editing, the cost and all that stuff, I could see she wanted to save a buck. And then looking at the pictures that she sent, it's like, oh man, I mean, I, I try my best to work miracles and, you know, I don't bash anybody for wanting to save a buck, but just be realistic about your expectations. Don't be expecting an amateur photographer to give you professional quality work just doesn't go that way. It doesn't work that way. And I, you know, I don't want to keep circling back to talk about the same topics, but it just comes to mind when I told you guys a story about the lady at the corner store arguing with the, with the clerk, with the cashier about the cost of toothpaste. She goes up to the cashier and she has this $1 toothpaste unknown off brand, never heard of it before. And then she has the, a more expensive name brand. I think it was like Colgate or something. She said, which one is better? The clerk said, the Colgate's better. Well, why does it cost more? The clerk said, because it's better. Then the lady said, well, I want the better toothpaste for the lesser price. And the, the bewildered look on the cashier's face was funny. Funny, not funny. You know, it's like funny how you can ask for the best for the worst price 
But I mean, she, she, she couldn't even put together a response. It's like she was looking at her so bewildered and she was trying not to laugh and she was trying not to be super sarcastic and all that. But she's like, sorry, man, but it's better. That's why it costs more. But I want to pay this price. Well, you can't get the better toothpaste for the bargain brand toothpaste price. It just doesn't work that way. So again, you can't get the best photography, professional quality photography for the amateur price. Maybe on a Black Friday or Cyber Monday deal, maybe, but ultimately, nah, it's just not going to work out that way. So what do you do when you come across a client like that? Let me go ahead and end this one. It's going to be kind of short, but what do you do when you encounter a client like that? Best thing I do is I just explain to them and I actually, at least for me and for the photography realm, I actually have pictures set up that I send my clients where I'll send them a camera phone photo and I'll doctor it up as best I can in Photoshop, make it look as best I possibly can, but it's still only going to be so good. And then I put it side by side next to a photo that I've taken in my studio with my professional DSLR camera. And I blow them up. I show it at 100% zoom and all that. And no matter what I do within reason, no matter what I do within reason with that DSLR photo, it's still going to maintain its integrity. It's still going to look really good. But that camera phone photo, no matter what I do with it, I can blow it up as best I can. After a certain point, it just loses all quality and it just becomes a pixelated, grainy blob, no matter what you do. So that's how I do. That's what I do. I do that to educate my clients. Let them know, like, look, yeah, your camera phone looks great on your phone, but when you put it on your computer and, and you know, I even encourage them to go attach it to their home computer, plug your phone into your home computer, computer or email the picture to yourself and then blow it up on your larger screen, laptop, tablet, or actual computer monitor. And then you'll see the, the degradation in, in quality. It only looks good on a small, because if the screen is small and the picture is small, of course it's going to look good together. But if you've got a small picture on a big screen is going to look terrible. It just goes hand in hand. That's just common sense to me. So I guess, uh, same thing with your clients. If you're a clothing designer, Hey, I can make you a shirt or a dress or some pants or a jacket or whatever you want with this material. This material is better. It's going to last you a long, 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 long time, many years to come. Or you got this other material looks almost the same, pretty much the same as what you're trying, what I'm trying to sell you, but it's not going to last as long. I can do the best stitching I could possibly uh, muster up, but the colors may fade. Uh, the material may fade and might start to become sheer, almost see-through after washing it or getting it clean so many times, you know, and I I'll end it with this. Um, when I bought my bike, I have a, a mountain bike. Uh, of course, I don't do any mountain bike tricks or anything like that, but every now and then I'll, I'll feel good about myself and jump off a curb, right? <laughs> but the bike that I had before the bike that I bought, I bought a Trek uh, mountain bike. The bike that I had before that was a Walmart special. It was heavy as a rock. And I thought just because it's heavier that it's built better. And then uh, I went to a bike shop just to see the difference in the quality. And of course, riding the, the Trek bike versus the Walmart special it was like going from a Pinto to a Cadillac, you know, the, just the difference in the gearing, how smooth the tires felt, how well balanced the bike was. And it weighed half as much as the Walmart special did, but that wasn't the selling point. The selling point was the uh, salesman said, yeah, you can save a couple of bucks. You know, I think the Walmart special was like uh, 300 bucks and I, that was good for Walmart. And I thought that was a good price. The price I paid for my Trek was 500 bucks. He was like, yeah, you can save 200 bucks. 
and get the Walmart special. But if you decide to jump off a curve and that bad boy splits at the fork and the frame and the weld comes loose, you could fall face first and end up with a bike frame in your chest. And I'm like, damn. And then he told me with these Trek bikes, the way these bikes are built, where they're welded, so on and so forth, you can rest assured, you can jump off a curve, you can jump off a mountain, jump off a cliff, do a couple of tricks, and you're pretty much guaranteed, unless you do something crazy, you're pretty much guaranteed that this bike is not going to fall apart on you. Simple as that. And the last thing I'll say, I know I can't say I'm going to keep closing it. Uh, old coworker of mine used to say, uh, good stuff ain't cheap and cheap stuff ain't good. And I keep that with me. He told me that maybe it's 10 years ago and I still remember it. Good stuff ain't cheap and cheap stuff ain't good. Simple as that. So, you know, for my car stereo, I went ahead and re redid it, paid all that extra money for it, got it up to the quality that I want. Hey, I want that good quality. Hey, cheap stuff ain't good. I mean, yeah, that's it. Cheap stuff ain't good and good stuff ain't cheap. Simple as that. So anyway, I thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys support as always. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something from it, learned enough from it to where you want to come back next week, Tuesday at noon to hear me talk your ear off once again. Until then, this is Ahmed with A. Roberson Photo, A. Roberson Media, and also Can I Really Make It, your podcast. Your podcast host, <laughs> freelancing. Can you really make it? Yes, you can. I can. I've done it. I mean, I'm still doing it. You know what? Matter of fact, that round of applause is for me still doing it. Even through the pandemic, I was able to survive. If I can survive it through the pandemic, you can survive it now. All right. So see you guys. Well, talk to you guys next Tuesday.